So I was on Twitter today, uh, common communication it's device. Very, very good of you to it's be good. on Twitter. I, yeah, I, I make an appearance occasionally. And um, uh, our president, your president, uh, tweeted My, out something about um, Stormy Daniels. I don't know if you know the Stormy oh, Daniels her, character. Yeah, he called her a horse face. He called her horse face, which... You shouldn't have slept with her, I suppose, is part, yeah. of, the, part of the thing. Um, yeah, because he, he fucked her. Yeah, that he, was the thing. He had sex with her. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. we're at McGillicuddy's. I need to keep my, keep my language, language down. Keep the McGillicuddy's friendly. Yeah, he, uh, he, he laid down with her as a man lies with a woman in a biblical sense. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, if you thought she was a horse face, you shouldn't have done it. But here, here's the thing that, that um, before he was president, I, I'll remember this moment forever. I was talking with grandma and grandpa, my parents, um, on Skype, and they got to see the grandkids. You know, this is back when they were like two, you know, before Trump got elected. And we like to talk politics. My family and I are both of the kind of, of, of a similar mindset. And we we're talking about Trump and these things that he stands for. And I remember Benjamin asking in his little two year old voice, somehow even more innocent and naive than his current voice, he said, Dad, what's a Donald Trump? And it was funny because it was the kind of question a kid asks. But yeah. immediately I was just awash with the, how do I talk about this with my kids? Yeah, you say he's... I mean, he's, he's only two, so I could dismiss he's it. He's a easily, gigantic but. asshole. Like, think about the thing that, you know, where your poop comes out of. That's Donald Trump. That would be what I would say to my kids. I, I know it is what you would say. And it's, it's not what <laughs> I said. I, I tried to explain what a president was and a person who would be, you know, in charge of everything from the schools to the roads to the, you know, uh, uh, things like that. And try to explain what that meant um he, he'll have a whole lifetime of getting benjamin against those immediately folks. commit suicide was no, like, <laughs> well, because i that it's because i've lied to him i, <laughs> okay. didn't, t- I didn't tell him That's the real fair. truth but but the, the bigger question is fair. like let's pretend he's not two and i can easily dismiss it let's pretend he's 10 fair. and he says dad a lot of my friends use twitter i probably will not let him use it at 10 we'll find out when that day comes well, but, Twitter's but like by that. twitter yeah, but twitter the twitter, twitter, twitter 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 is equivalent is, and you'll yeah. say you know uh my friends are all on grambler or whatever it is and uh we saw our president say that he uh he slept with this uh porn star and that she was suing him and then he called her a horse face and stuff daddy what's a president you know at an age when you can't dismiss it how on earth are you supposed to talk with their kids about this right, i'm just gonna say Barack Obama was president. That that'll be your answer. That was a, that was a guy who was president. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, you know, a story about a president. Fuck everybody else. Yeah, pretty much. This guy made smoking look cool. Yeah, he was <laughs> he was a cool smoker, and then Jewel came up, and like now there's like e-cigarettes. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Live from McGillicuddy's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know, this is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Well, another uh, week in the books. Um, 
books can be burned as history has taught us and uh you know most a lot of people don't um think about this or talk about this some books are worth burning This would be a book I w- this would be worth a book. burning. Which reminds me, this is not one of my jokes, one of my stupid Twitter jokes. It's somebody else's joke, but it was one of my favorites of all time, which was, uh, who decided to call it Fahrenheit 451 and not English Lit? Okay. You know, like on fire? Yeah. Because the books are lit on fire? Yeah. In the novel? Yep. Yeah, get it. Ray Bradbury with the... Yeah. So, so I, I mean, listen, man, I've been, I've been on the, I've been on the Heath out train for... Fucking eighteen months. I've been on the did it just train t- for a long, a long fucking time. Did it just get a big shovel full of coal? I think it got a big shovel full of coal. A bunch of new passengers, which I'm cool with. Like, <laughs> yeah. hey, listen, like, uh, there's an open bar. Uh, just make sure you hydrate, please hydrate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, come on board the train, the Heath out train. That's the. the have you ever seen the movie Snowpiercer? Yes. Eventually, though, this is going to be like Snowpiercer. <laughs> like, the train's never going to stop because the world is ending around it, yeah. you know, and uh, it's going to break into, like, class warfare on the train. But that's the Heath Out train at this yeah. point. It's just descended into chaos. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, because Chris Wright uh, has suggested that uh, nothing but uh, passable grades across the board for the front office, there's no reason to think he's going anywhere. Yeah. Let, before we dive into the, way, to the coverage we usually give, because <sighs> we, we almost not? have to inevitably, but um, let, let me ask you this. And maybe we can't answer it because, you know, we were surprised to hear that Chris Wright responded the way he did. Anyways, do you think these two losses, one which was certainly the most devastating size-wise loss, having lost 5-1 to one against Philly, and then probably a even steeper morale crusher, 2 to nothing at home, Colorado descended into chaos at the end of it. I mean, those two, do you think Chris Wright is kicking the tires on, on what he said and saying, well, that was premature, I think, I mean, I, I, I hope so. God, I, I mean, I, I really, really, really hope so. I don't, I don't know so though. That's the, that's, that's the problem. And you know, um, sort of like I, I don't if, think if he didn't see it before, then what would he have now all of a sudden saw? And but ultimately, I don't think it's actually. And this is, this is a, actually a, probably a damning statement. I don't think it's Chris Wright's decision to make. Um, I mean, I, I know. Dr. McGuire is very, like, very involved in the organization and probably, honestly, probably micromanages to a, a, a detriment for the team. So, honestly, I think, like, a, a, like a big managerial or, or, you know, front office switch is going to happen because of Dr. McGuire and not necessarily Chris Wright. And that, I think, was the thing that a lot of people myself included, uh, sort of, you know, discarded. Like, oh, yeah, whatever. Chris Wright has the reins of, of the organization. I don't actually think he maybe does. I think he maybe doesn't have the reins. Like, sure. ultimately, it, it comes down to Doc McGuire and, and whether, you know, he wants to pay severance to somebody. Which is probably what. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good way to think about to. it because, I mean, you think a president actually can take shape in different ways in different organizations and it's kind of up to that organization to decide what that means and Chris Wright seems to have done a really solid job I think from a business standpoint which seems to be his strength anyways yeah I mean you know he I don't know he, he sold the Timberwolves to people for a long time yeah. that's got to be a hard sell so that's, that's, that's the other thing is like people he managed the one of the most fucked up NBA franchises 
in history. Yes. Yeah. For a long time. Like, I mean, cool. I'm glad you managed it, but. Well, and my point is that, you know, from a financial standpoint and from a business standpoint, he seems to be able to still drive results. And I think that he has been a huge improvement over Nick Rogers and what he was doing in our first sure, year. Yeah. I believe that the marketing is it's very visible. I think there seems to be tighter organization there. I, uh, I think there's better collaboration between the team and supporters, for instance. I, I think all those things have been really great. Um, but he doesn't have a soccer mind. And, you know how maybe he shouldn't maybe you know should chris wright know what what to look for in a good manager a good soccer manager he doesn't have experience looking and he's a soccer guy he likes soccer but maybe it's not up to him to think about that no that's that's or maybe it shouldn't be that's fair you keep you keep signing checks and making money and yeah that's it problem is that they're not making money i don't think well mls in general and having an MLS franchise is not a profitable. And they're but, not they're not good at anything that they do. Like even the you know yes you're right like the marketing stuff was uh, obviously very important. But like they're not they're not doing better at the marketing stuff. Other than like, hey we have a we have a stadium opening up, that's cool that's awesome. Well, what would you like, like to see that's not there? I guess what I'm trying to say is there's better visibility that's out there. I see them in ways and places that I had not seen them before. Um, is there? What, what a, that's been my experience. Really? It's, a, it's anecdotal. It's my experience. Okay. But, um, so, so maybe it doesn't amount to much, but um, that has been my feeling. Other people, you know, if you're listening, you can weigh in. Tell me if you felt like there's been a more pervasiveness around it. But also, despite a really lousy year, uh, attendance has steadily risen throughout the year. Um, you know, they've opened up the upper deck in, in several games here in the second half of the season. Obviously, the 50K to midway uh, thing has been a big success. So um, I, they have to be out there to, to make that happen. And it's been with a team that's done really lousy. So yeah. something positive is happening there. As much of that no. could happen because of the stuff you and I do every it's, week, I mean, and not it, because of what they do every week. It, it clearly is us because uh, <laughs> this team is, is, as we mentioned last week. I mean, they're still like they are, in terms of home wins, best like tied with for the other other two other teams, best in the Western Conference. In yes, terms of home wins like, so this team does well at home. So people come to the games. Helps, yeah. People come to the games. They they see the the supporter section. They see the dark clouds. The T and E. And those people like rocking it. They then they're like, "Oh, this is amazing! This is awesome!" But they don't watch the game. They don't watch this team away. They don't watch this team play in Philadelphia. It's a great. They don't watch this yeah. play team play in DC. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of really great um, synergy about about like this team at home. Uh, this last match, notwithstanding, that I just I don't. They, they're not they're not soccer they're not supporters soccer supporters they're you know they're, they're like the scene yeah they like the scene they like they like, and, which is fine it's totally cool like i i love those people like you know i you know enjoy it, it the way you fine. want to enjoy yeah, it enjoy yeah enjoy the enjoy the game enjoy the team however you can and however you want to mm-hmm. um but when this team starts playing like shit at home which i'm guessing they're going to do next year unless they do some really radical shit then these people are not gonna watch like these people aren't watching the games like my guess is that f like fox sports north uh their ratings for minnesota united matches are like in the like 0.01 it's probably low yeah yeah so no one's watching 
outside of like people like at watch parties and shit, no one's watching Minnesota, like like they watch the Vikings or like they watch the Twins or the Timberwolves, even for that matter. Like no one's watching Minnesota United on the road. Mm-hmm. Other than people who are diehard supporters in the bubble, yeah. It's, so we we lose perspective of the yeah. bubble sometimes. So so, like, so 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 I think if I'm understanding your point, it's more that. Um, the kinds of stuff, uh, the atmosphere that is created on game day, the kind of stuff that um, the efforts people like you and me by toot our own horn here, but the stuff that we do is what really drives that type of success, not marketing, not visibility, not those kinds of things. And if those things were so successful, it would be evident in ways outside of just home attendance. I think so, yeah. The, the, the strip you, article articles are not getting the clicks and comments yeah. that, you know, another sport the, might. The, yeah. The, uh, the, Strib writers and the Pioneer Press writers have actually literally left Minnesota United coverage, and they've gone on to other things. It's like not that's how like that's how like how much this team doesn't matter in the sports market right now. Mm-hmm. Now the, it it could change, mm-hmm. it hopefully should change, but ultimately, like I don't think, and I I I love I mean I love. I fucking love this team. I fucking hate this team at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I say this every week. Uh, my, my wife's like, just cancel your season tickets then. Like, <laughs> save yeah, us 300 do, bucks. I'm like, no, but I, I, I fucking hate this team. Over. But I fucking love this team. I fucking hate this team. I fucking love this team. Um, is that there's, we, and you've mentioned it before. Like, we are in a very saturated sports market. Yeah. We have, a, but we have an opportunity, you know, with this team um, especially in the summer, spring and the summer, there's only just basically baseball going on. So you can, you know, you can capture some other thing, people other than baseball. And, and that's where the millennials are. And that's where soccer generally is or whatever. Um, but God damn it. This team is so bad. <laughs> so bad. We could get like, our 10 girls and a lot more people with good performances. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's frustrating how just, bad they are so sorry that's, well, no, that's we haven't per- even started per- talking about the game that's, well that's a perfect segue yes we've managed to spend 10 minutes uh, avoiding the inevitable hey, guys but before we do that let me talk about yeah. the patreon um uh, yeah do, okay, yeah doing support the this. hey by the way uh we are if you are a patreon uh supporter you're gonna get a uh, patreon podcast uh in your feeds in the next day or so um, whenever I get it uploaded, we're recording another Patreon podcast tonight. Actually, we're gonna we're doing a Demolition Man, uh, MST3K, yeah, MST3K thing yep. with Julia. So with uh, with one of the Dave's wives, yeah, uh, she's gonna join in for the Patreon stuff. So um, that's gonna get released a couple weeks later. But yeah, you're gonna get one probably tomorrow or yep. Thursday if you uh, haven't signed up yet and you ever had an inkling to do so now would be the time to cash in <laughs> yes please yeah please do um well, well you know we're gonna we're gonna do we do all these other things try to do like like you know a couple times a month stuff for you all so um visit patreon.com backslash the daves i know to support the daves you know so let's move into the game yeah you mentioned something about the team being bad i don't remember, recall your exact words um, what was your favorite moment for you? The best moment from the game? Um, I was, I don't, I don't have one. You don't have one? No. I was, you know, I 
texted you during the game. You and it was during the like five shot sequence where yeah, about the fifth minute there. So yeah, very early. The five shot sequence where the uh, yeah, where we kept the ball of the goal. Um, I was like, this is, miracle. this is like, this is, I was like, just had my most what the fuck moment of the game <laughs> right there. Yeah, you didn't even know. And, uh, and you were, you texted me back, you're like, I'm woodworking. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's much better than what I'm doing right now watching this fucking game. And honestly, that wasn't the most what the fuck moment of the game. That was probably the best moment of the game for the team. Was because we came that, out of it. Yeah, yeah, because they came out of that. They Gold did not firm. allow a goal. Even though they probably should have, yeah, wasn't so pretty. I don't know. You you rewatched the game because you were woodworking during the game. So what was your yeah best moment? Yeah, I game? got to watch it maybe with a, uh, more objectivity because I watched removed from the results. You know, so um, this is this is damning with faint praise, but uh, Eric Miller uh, had a little bit of success getting forward. It's a, it's a relatively and very little bit, but they pushed him forward on the right side a lot more than they typically would. And he had a couple of really solid crosses in there. I'd say three or four that I can think of really good crosses, which is great because we historically are poor at crossing and certainly poor at connecting with it, even if we had a decent cross. So, uh, you know, if there's something to build on there, that that could be great. I'm not saying that aerial is going to become a big part of our game. It really shouldn't, uh, you know, because it's um, <laughs> we've talked about it at length yeah. before. But uh, having somebody who could cross, that'd be great. Yeah. I'll give him that. Again, we're damning a faint praise here. Yeah, Let's get into fair. the good stuff. What was the worst moment of the game? Uh, God, how much time do we have? We have an extra 15 <laughs> minutes of added time to, to um, talk about it. I'm, you know, the, I'm just going to say the, that stupid-ass bench-clearing brawl. That, does, that doesn't crack the WTF. That is, that's the worst moment. That's the worst moment of the game for me, yeah. Because, I mean, just because... It's, so number one, it's Harrison Heath, uh, being a man, doing man things. He was standing up for Kalen Kyle's dignity. I don't, I don't know how fucking I fucking care. I have to say this every week. You have to say what about Kalen Kyle? Oh yeah, that no. dirty dog put a yeah. dirty dick inside Kalen Kyle. I, that makes me mad. To dude, know I don't fucking care. Like he stood up for her honor. It's you know what? Like yeah, they uh, they scored a goal. Uh, and they, you know, prostrated in front of you. You know what? Fucking be a man. You know, don't be a fucking dickhole. So, so to clarify here, do you feel like there's some right amount? To, so, for instance, I can't remember who initially ran up to him and pushed him after he came and celebrated by the bench. Do you think there's a right amount of sort of, hey, respect us, get out of here? Um, and maybe it went out of hand beyond that, or is like literally just sitting, keeping your mouth shut. Is that the right amount? No, there's no, there's no right amount. Like do nothing, sit down. You sucked. Yeah. Take it like a man. Like if I scored a goal and I would probably take my dick out and jerk it off. McGillicuddy's here, David. Yeah. Jerk it off. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, so I, I mean, and then, and then the react. I mean, mostly it's the reaction to that. Like, yeah, you you got you got shown up because you are a shitty ass team, and you got fucking shown up. And then, and then what Heath did, Harrison did to like you know went off went after the guy, choked, like, tried to like choke a guy, and then you know his like Twitter reactions to that were like, oh, I'm standing up for my team. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck, fuck you, fuck you, don't it's, do that. 
yeah, the, yeah, it was, it was obviously foolish. Um, I'm not much of a. Um, some pe- some people get tried tried to argue that there's a right amount of uh, pushback to give there that you no, do. No, there's standing there's up not. Yeah, and, and I tend to I tend to fall on that side too. I'm trying to understand where those folks come from and what they you know think about that. But I, no, I. But you know, it's the same with hockey. You know, that happens in hockey. It happens in hockey even strategically. It's not just about it's not just about fighting because people lose it. It's because you're trying to kill momentum on the other team and you're trying to um, you want to protect your guys by showing them that this isn't okay and stuff like that. They actually it's a much more conscious thing. Um, that too, I think, is kind of dumb. I, as I've said, I've never gotten in a fight in my life. Yeah. But um, it's, it, I'm trying to understand where people come from when they argue for that because clearly it's something that multiple people are feeling i i do think it was pretty much it was a pretty dickless move to come and celebrate in front of us and then i know you probably didn't catch this i got to catch it because i watched the broadcast as he was escorted out he uh, he walks by of course like the entire stadium to get out and um walks by a whole bunch of the fans and the people listening can't see me doing this but he holds up two to nothing on his hands and he's he's showing the fans two to nothing and it's like okay look we got shown up I get your. This is probably very cathartic for you because they've had a much worse season than we have. That's true. Yeah, but have. I mean, let's not get super cocky. But we won a game. Woohoo! Like it's it's pretty ridiculous to go like celebrating like you won the World Series because you won one game against a a pretty winnable team. That's fair. I mean, so it is. I'm not saying they should have fought. Like but. literally, I have like like eight bullet points for like the worst moment of the game. So no, keep going. That we're, was we're, that was the getting off track. That was like the the most. The most worst bummer of the game. There's several other bl- shoot them at me here. Uh, so we had two shots on goal the entire game. Like literally, this team against at home Colorado, against Colorado at home had two shots on goal the entire game. I checked in possession at halftime. Didn't see the final number, but 68 percent possession to Colorado. Yeah. Yep. Who had scored one goal <laughs> in the previous uh, seven games? Yep. Uh, we did not start any of our kids, and Heath brought on Ibsen in lieu of Toy in the 74th minute. Ibsen in lieu of Toy. Uh, and Keith, I don't think, actually wanted to use all three subs. He only brought on Toy because we had, like, 15 minutes of extra time. Yes, and yeah, he had to, bring on, had to bring on somebody yeah. in, the, uh, in the 100th minute, you know. So, ah, man. This was this was I mean I thought I thought the Philadelphia game was like it can't get any worse than this. I felt I felt worse after Colorado than Philadelphia. Yeah, I was like it can't get any worse than the Philadelphia game. Like it five, you know, 4-1 just really really bad. Like we just looked shitty. Mm-hmm. And then I, I I went to this game, I watched this game. I was there at this game and it was bad. It was so 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 fucking bad. Yeah, that's if you didn't if you didn't catch it, I assume most people listening did. But it's not just about the final scoreline, which is which is no picnic. Two to no. nothing loss at home is no picnic. But the team were thoroughly outplayed. It wasn't one of those where we owned it and they just got a couple of breaks and that just is how it goes. They were outplayed and deserved every inch of this loss. Yeah, and that's tough because against Philadelphia, you know, and I get, there's never a great excuse for a five to one loss. But we're not a great team. Certainly not a great road team. We go on the road to a tough place to play against a team who's pretty good and on the upswing, 
and, and, you, and you take a tough loss. Trying to secure a playoff spot. Yeah, so, yeah and and yeah, so they had something to play for. Yeah. Theoretically, we had something to play for. So even so, I don't agree with some of the lineup choices we make there. You know, I would like to see them again, play the kids, do a little bit more thinking toward 2019. But theoretically, we're still in the playoff race as of that day. You can make an argument for playing the players you think in that moment are going to give you the best chance of winning. So erase that now. Against Colorado, there's nothing to play for. Against a terrible team who also has nothing to play for, we're at home. I don't think we can overstate how poor Colorado is because um, their numbers of ineptitude, again, 22 goals allowed to one goal scored over the prior seven games, winless in eight leading up to that. 12 fewer points than Minnesota United, who doesn't have a hell of a lot to be to begin with. A negative 30 goal differential. These are this is a profoundly bad team. Yeah. And we played incompetently against them. We made them look like Barcelona for an afternoon. We did. Let's 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 not get crazy. (laughs) Not Barcelona. They didn't look that good. Uh, (laughs) Maybe maybe Sevilla. Maybe Sevilla. Men look like Sevilla for an afternoon. Early Champions League exit (laughs) team. So yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I want to ask about along. what the fuck moment was then, because you've, uh, man, you've blown a lot the, of them out here. You know what? The VARs, the, okay. the, and not that cause the VARs. You know, when we look back at the, at the game, the, the goal, like the VARs were correct. They they gave us their correct calls. The fact that it took five minutes each time, mm-hmm. and there were four of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you if you. We saw VAR work amazingly during uh, the World Cup this summer, yeah. right? Uh, so, in, like in use in Bundesliga, yeah, and, and, and well, Bundesliga is, they've had some issues too, but like definitely has worked really, really well uh, in uh, in during the World Cup. Um, the fact if it's not clear and obvious, why are like why are you waiting five like four minutes to figure out if you're going to go to the VAR and then go to the VAR and then you like. Again, the calls were correct, and that makes sense. And I, whatever, I'm not going to bitch about calls being correct because ultimately that is what VAR should be doing. Right. But the fact that it takes five minutes, yeah. five fucking minutes to, to do it, that's what I. That's you know, that's what I'm pissed off about. And, if, you know. if you're if you're listening and you're unfamiliar with with some of the nuances of how VAR works, the only things that should be and can be overturned should be clear and obvious. You look at it and say, man, we got that call wrong on the field. And it has to be obvious. And so I think what you're alluding to yeah. is anything that is genuinely clear and obvious should be wrapped up in 30 seconds. Yeah. You know, you should look at it from one or two angles and say, yeah, this pretty much confirms that yeah. we got it wrong. And that's it. If it takes five minutes to figure it out, it cannot be clear and obvious. What are you spending five minutes doing? Then? And, and that first far, the first far call, which was they gave the yellow card. I thought like I, I and many other people in the sports section were like, wait, you can only go to VAR if you think it's a obvious red card like you can only come out of that with a red card mm-hmm. you can't come out of that with a yellow card apparently you can come out of that with a yellow card well, if you're referee, but no you but here's the thing no one fucking knows what the rules are that's yeah, the apparently. fucking problem man that's the fucking problem so what was your most what the fuck moment <laughs> um you know I, I wanted to talk about all the extra stoppage time and all that kind of stuff we've we've talked about it so i, I don't need to go there so let me throw one extra wrinkle in here it's just a, it's a weird little quirky thing um I watched this game on replay uh, and not using um, ESPN Plus or whatever they're calling it now. I actually watched it on Fox Sports on a replay. Um, now, that's TV. That's real yeah. TV, quote unquote, uh, if you're an old person like me. Now, what ended up happening, because they only allot so much time for 
given programming and stuff is after halftime they came back and they had this really weird message i'd never seen before they got inserted in and said uh due to scheduling something we now continue the game you know mid progress and it had jumped to the 55th minute they actually had to skip the first 10 or so minutes of the second half just to accommodate the whole game in their scheduling block on tv because of how much extra stoppage time there was <laughs> so I, I i will tell you if anything amazing <laughs> happened in the first 10 minutes of the second half no i no, cannot speak to it on this pod. Did. i didn't see it yeah nothing did yeah you're fine. so nothing did but yeah that was just that was just one more uh, weird amazing. quirky side effect of uh, <laughs> what was a, this has to be among the all-time low points and i don't just mean because of the result but that moment of frustration bubbling over in the embarrassment of how that looks is the culmination of two years it's not some a freak thing oh this it is, is a culmination yeah, this is a this is a bad team a really bad team 10 home wins but yeah but this is a really <laughs> bad team darwin can like every other team every other team is not this bad no that's not that's not true we had a really really bad game colorado is objectively worse by any metric we lost to them twice. Twice. Uh, um, San Jose. San Jose. We lost objectively them, worse. We lost to them twice. Lost to them twice. I feel like I've. <laughs> this is not a great argument or a great do you, stance. Do you have? Take, do you have a point? Or? There, there is no metric other than the fact that we consistently lose to these poor teams that would hold up your argument that they're not worse than us. Orlando City being another example uh, of a team that yeah, is objectively I mean, worse we, than us. We definitely we beat them. Those are three teams that, by any metric other than our performance against them, suggest we we have to well, be we, better than we, them. We beat Orlando City, so... Yeah, so we're clearly better than them. So we're, we're one and four. One, four, zero. Against the... the clearly against the three worst the teams. Worst the teams worst teams in MLS. All right, cool. I mean, I mean, to your point, we beat Orlando on the road. So that hey, that. That's how bad they are. <laughs> they lost to us when we were playing on the road. That's terrible. Yeah. But Kevin Molino and uh, Ethan Finley, though, man. Yeah. Also, that those, slow those, that yeah. slow run up to MLS. Those guys, yeah. And yeah, the the, the slow burn. All right. You want to just skip the rest of this? Maybe. Can, can we? Can we? Uh, quick, quick shout out to the referee. Um, first of <laughs> God. all, God, fuck, fuck that this, guy. This guy did not have a good game. Oh. Uh, I've talked a lot about um, how uh-huh. referees can make good faith errors in judgment because of how challenging that can be on the fly making calls pace of the game we get replays they don't get replay except for bar they don't get replays you know that those can be tough you just have to do the right things to make the right call how you manage a game how you do man management the choices of whether you give warnings versus cards versus what are the words you're saying to players when things start to get out of hand those are things entirely within your control that anybody can do better or worse at on any given weekend this was his first match as a head mls referee and it showed yeah obviously lost control he will of the never match have one number, again as well he probably shouldn't it, it, it was poor yeah um the var was not handled well but that was the least of the issues that happen and ultimately you have to protect player safety that in a weird way is the number one rule of a referee you control the match you control the safety of the player which he didn't do at no all. of course not yeah so i don't know yeah. D, so d, f. d minus this is this is this is my first ever referee f, f. oh there you we, go we've usually given at least a passing grade to say here are redeeming qualities i i don't have a single redeeming quality to if this wasn't an f i don't know what an f looks like yeah uh i mean people are st- where i was standing with were like 
he has no control of the match. No, not we're, at all. And we are talking about that at halftime, and he clearly did not have any control of the match. So so there's a weird – we should really end on this. Um, there was a thing that happened a few years ago in uh, Brazil. It was like in an amateur match, and um, a call, like, went against uh, – you know, the referee made a call against, uh, you know, one team, and they um, – I can't remember what the guy did. I think he like uh, he like stabbed the ref, and then what happened is like they didn't like that, so they ended up like uh, they ended up getting this guy who did that, and they like beheaded him. Did you hear about this? The ref or no? The, this I think this player that had done it. Oh, they literally I... like beheaded the dude. Here's my point. That shit could have started to happen, and this referee would have been like, guys, please. I mean, can you please not literally <laughs> right. cut the head off of that mortal being over yeah. there? And that, like, nobody would listen, and that, that was how effective it was. Yeah, right, moving along. Um, <laughs> the, the next Friday, you for the star of the game. Uh, I, You know, I, I apparently Eric Miller, he made the team of the I, week. I, so put, I'm it, like, I, I put Eric Miller. Yeah, I don't know. The team like, of I, the week. I guess. <laughs> I guess. This is what happens when you only have, like, oh, four teams or four games going on what a performance yeah. but 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 you know what they they must have noticed the things that i noticed he was better getting forward than i think i think it'd be interesting to see if he can be consistently a presence going forward on the right side now part of the issue with that is miguel ibarra playing wing back we haven't needed or asked our fullbacks to go forward in the same well first of all there's not a true fullback right it's you know a right center sure. back yeah um but even when we've gone back to four-man back lines we've seen miguel doing wing back type stuff on the right side there and it's um reduced the need to get fullbacks forward if Miguel pinches in more has to play other roles Eric Miller could be a good option going forward at least I will see maybe that's we'll a good see. development yeah um how about the shittiest player of the game the other Freddy I do oh man I, I I have I have a couple of candidates I, I've got some in mind go ahead all right um I mean Alexi Gomez obviously he was just absolutely nowhere but I think the for me, the shittiest player of the game was uh, Angelo Rodriguez. Rodriguez stood out to me. A couple of clear chances that he will rue missing. Yeah, offsides on both of the both bar would be goals. goals. Yep. Yeah, both of the goals like to keep this team in the game, maybe steal a point, maybe steal three points. Um, he had a uh, amazing opportunity one v one against uh, uh, Howard in the third minute, and he just absolutely like shanked shanked the ball um he was bossed by axel schoberg all night like we, i was watching and he just anytime like the ball was coming in schoberg was just over top of him and just making him making rodriguez who's a tall dude just yeah. look like nothing yep. and i'm like why why what just stand the fuck up how was that? How was that hard? I mean, Alexi Gomez was the other uh, other candidate for this, but I'm gonna go with Rodriguez. Candidate. Yeah, I yeah I I went with Rodriguez because of the misses. Now I I think he, if he were in the room right now, thank God he's not. Uh, Rodriguez <laughs> would say, "Hey, if I'm caught off sides, that's not always because I'm just loitering in an offside position." A lot of times it's about timing movement, and if the guy delivering the pass is not timing that well, then sure, I'm gonna be caught offside. Even having done, you know, what I believe to be the right thing, there's a there can be a bit of argument in there. But when it's happening consistently, and obviously the shots he had, he's still missing. It was not a good performance. Take advantage of the, some of uh, what what should be his assets, which include uh, um, physicality and finishing. He's a DP striker. Yeah, those are those are things we needed to.
it. So, anyways. Yeah, no, he was, he was just bad. And Gomez was also just bad. So, Gomez is... The Gomez... I'm more patient with players, coaches, and stuff than many people, probably more than you. The, the Gomez experiment has to be called off. Yeah. Unless it, unless it becomes truly an experiment and they want to find out what he does in attacking central midfield, yeah. you know, but at this point, get the guy off the field. Yeah, I mean, the reason the reason he's, like, still on the field blows my mind. I have, he's got, I have no he's idea. Got that sense thing. Well, the reason he's on well. the field <laughs> is because, I mean, okay, he's bad. Name our great left-sided players. Mario Barra is injured. Yeah. So, so name our name our left side yeah. player. Probably. I'm, I'm saying did, uh, the question is, did Ibsen give uh, Gomez the you know the sex tape or the pictures, you know, two of the bar in common? Well, that was the because Ibsen is clearly on the outs right now. He's yeah. he's only been coming on as a sub. Yeah, so maybe he gave so maybe he gave those no to has to, uh, to Gomez and said, hey, here's this thing that you guarantee you get some playing time. Yeah, yeah. Of uh, of you know the bar in common plowing this season. Spit roasting, we call it in, in the business. <laughs> or the Devil's Triangle. Wells Fargo. I didn't say it. You said it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm taking. I'm, I'm in the middle of a training right now. In fact, so. All right. Um, I'm, I'm so, so. All right. Uh, moving along. Uh, all right. So, other United Eric Miller made the team of the week because you only have four no. matches. You gotta pick somebody from Minnesota United. Okay. You know. I don't, I don't know if this plays into a, into a team of the week, uh, or no, I'm sorry, if this plays into a news thing, but uh, there will be a suspension for the next game of Harrison Heath. Ooh, he did he did earn a dismissal. So it's it's an interesting situation. Um, we did not go down to 11 men, perhaps it's down to 10 men at the end of the game. We stayed at 11 because a red card was given to a player who was not actually on the field. We stayed at 11 despite a red card. Uh, Colorado actually took a red card and went down to 10 men because the guy who received it was an active player. So we actually played with a man advantage for the last, the very last moments of, of that game. Of that game. Um, yeah. But because it's a red card, even though he wasn't on the field, that is still a standard suspension. So Heath, um, Heath out. Heath, he, out. Heath out. Hashtag Heath out. <laughs> the ref, that was the one thing the referee got right. He heard the Heath, the Heath out things, and he said, oh, "All right, I'll do it." There was there was definitely Heath out chance going. It hasn't actually broken out into chants before. There haven't been enough people vocal enough about it that, because think about what you're really doing. Oh. You're singing a song about a guy asking him to get fired from his gainful employment while he's there. That is how it boiled over this. Definitely season. happened more oh, times I uh, that. last weekend. So we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, when we have 50k. So, um, all right. So let's talk about uh, this game upcoming. About LA. LA Galaxy. Yeah. Be- 50,000, uh, well, 50,000 tickets distributed. The turnstile will be 30,000. Sold and distributed. Yes. Sold. Me- meaning that some Sold. college could drop a big sack of them in a garbage somewhere. But. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so this team, so LA Galaxy, they're, they're still fighting for a playoff spot. So there is the theory that Zlatan might play. Yes. Now, the, the, the default assumption is that he wouldn't because he would refuse to play on the kind of turf that TCF would require yes. him to play on. This would be a change from the default, saying yeah. he would make an exception because of this, the case the team. So in, mo- <clears throat> in most circumstances, uh, when people come to when teams come to MLS with, with these older uh, European players, um, they just don't show up. They, you know, Davidia in New York City or whatever, they we, just don't come. We've benefited a lot. From yeah, that. I mean, we've discussed yeah, that we last have, week. Have absolutely benefited from that. Um, my guess is that Slaton comes, makes the bench, and comes on um, if they need. They need, like Minnesota for some reason decides to start scoring goals or whatever. Well, now so I feel bad that we decided not to make a TIFO for the game. Yeah, um, but it's not just Slaton. They have this team has a lot of other really good players. They have uh, both Jonathan and Giovanni DeSantos. Yep. 
um, uh, Romain Alessandrini. Alessandrini um, is my man. Yeah, he's. He, I know you've talked about him multiple times. I know. What you, what you, what you, uh, rail on Alessandrini? He's he's, he's very good, and and you you're one of his biggest fans. One of his biggest fans. You know you know the player that he reminds me of is. I don't think he's quite as good, or, or he hasn't been as consistent as him. But he reminds me in play style of Diego Valeri, um, in terms of uh, he could play something between a hybrid attacking midfield and a sort of withdrawn striker. Honestly, um, the the type of uh, location that Darwin Quintero really excels in, um, except that Darwin Quintero is much better at taking dudes on one on one than either of those other two guys. Um, anyways, so so I, I I like that the guy knows how to find the back of the net in a creative way. I, you know. I would honestly love to see him find a different team, a team that is competent and managed well enough to live up to his abilities. Uh, I, I'd love for Minnesota to have him and actually play him as a forward striker, get you know Angelo Rodriguez, find him somewhere else to sit, and uh, put Alessandrini up top, um, even though that's probably a little... He's, he's not typically a, a, a true nine, but fuck it, play him. Sign him and play him. Anyways, yeah. so, they, they wouldn't part ways with yeah. him, but for a couple of, a couple of dollars. We got some TAM. <laughs> We got some gams and tams and cams and all kinds of stuff. We have a shit ton of tam and gam, so you never know. Wants it. Um, yeah, who else is? I mean, who else is good in your estimation? Well, I mean, talking about Zlatan would be the simplest thing to do. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit, but I, I, one thing I want to mention, the, like, who's good? The impact Zlatan has on the team. Here's what it reminds me of. Think about how poor Los Angeles would truly be without Zlatan. You look at how poor, for instance, DC United was before um, Wayne Rooney shows up, and he puts the team on his back, and everything changes, right? And now they're a, they're a playoff team. Now think about Zlatan. Zlatan's immense skills has not been enough to get LA across the finish line for the playoffs yet. Yes. That yes, not, not yet. It absolutely, absolutely still could happen. But that is how poor the Galaxy are outside of him. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. And, and also how good he, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's an MVP caliber in the season that he's had. Um, and he changes the game whenever he steps on the field. So. Okay. <laughs> Everything I say tonight, you're giving me this sort of like, oh, there you go, dumbass. Like, what is this? I don't know. That's, that's fine. Um, all right, so who sucks on the Galaxy? And you can't just say Jonathan, uh, Jonathan DeSantos. Why can't I? That was well, I just, I just DeSantos said, was my very I said, first I said, jo- I said Jonathan DeSantos. He sucks. Um, he's terrible. And I don't understand why he's still employed by the team, but... Go ahead. Anybody else but Jonathan Dos Santos? Um, the LA Galaxy midfield in general, uh, except when, when Zlatan is playing um, at the, the sphere of it, um, has trouble connecting the ball from the back to the front. Um, aside from that single dynamic uh, you know, uh, catalyst, and then look at Alessandrini once, once he gets up top, he can do things with it. But um, the central midfield, they, they, um, they cannot drop back and defend. Here, they have something that I think Minnesota is, has a lot of, which is that we have these central midfielders, but they're neither divine defending type midfielders, nor are they super forward aggressive creative types. They're people who operate something between a six and an eight who maybe can muck up the midfield and make it hard for another team to pass through, but once they do, they're providing less value. I think that's an opportunity. You hit the central midfield, you, and I've talked about keeping our team more narrow over time. You hit the central midfield, I think that you've got an opportunity there. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What about coaching? I mean, uh, we, we have mentioned that Siggy Schmidt, uh, if, if you don't follow too closely, Siggy Schmidt, one-time LA coach, yeah. now gone. So yeah. they're, they're, they're going through a little bit of a rebuilding. They have Dom Kinnear. They've got Dom Kinnear. Who was who was in U.S. Men's National Team coaching conversation for a while? For a little yeah. while. Yep. I'm glad that he didn't get that spot. Oh, absolutely. Ultimately, yeah. but Dom has kicked around. You know, uh, the Quakes in Houston. The dude cannot find steady success and stable employment. I I just feel like 
do you feel like Dom Kinnear is kind of a is kind of a, a bridge the gap type of hire? Do you think that he is genuinely going to be a long term? We think this guy can bring LA back to the LA it needs to be. Uh, he's not coaching this team next year. Uh, that's what I thought as well. Yeah. Okay. No, God no. He's he's a stopgap. He's okay. You know, trying trying to get through the playoffs. I mean, if 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 you need a stopgap, he's a he's a fine one. Yeah. Know. No. Here's here's like the one the one caveat to that would be if if um, if Dom Kinnear gets this team into the playoffs, which is a, a long shot, right. and gets them to a final, then my guess is that maybe the Galaxy keep them all long term, but. Honestly, like, you know, I don't know if you, you know, like, Tata Martino just, uh, you know, was, a, or will be appointed the Mexican head coach uh, after the season's over. It's big news, yeah. Yeah, and um, so there's lots of really good jobs in MLS. Um, and my guess is that Dom Kinnear is not on the top of, of list. Like, I would love to have Dom Kinnear as Minnesota Com- compared goes. to Heath. Yeah. Compared to Heath? Fuck yeah, man. I take Dom Dom Kinnear in a heartbeat. But Well, you think you I think about the splash yeah. the Quakes made. We we talk, you know, they fired Mike Michael Starre who had brought in all these yeah. um Scandinavian guys. And they, we've and, seen that model play. And out they before. brought in uh yeah, the Chiefs manager who is amazing. Huge so. huge ringer there. So, yeah. um I think for all those reasons, I think about some of the other people that are being brought in in different places. I don't want Dom Kinnear. I don't want uh, like an MLS 2.0 coach to come in here bringing MLS 2.0 ideas and stuff like that. I'd kind of like something sexier. Yeah, but I guess I'd take Dom Kinnear over Heath <laughs> if I had a choice. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. <sighs> so firmly on the Heath out train now. Yeah. What do you, so so we t- we t- I, I talked about st- staying centrally here ag- against LA. Do you have a lot of hope for this game? To, is is this something? It's going to be a weird game. It's going to be a weird audience there. It's going to be the last home game of the yeah. year. We have nothing to play for, and they still have theoretically everything to play for. Um, but it's a home game, and we we've done at least historically overall well at home. It's going to be yes. a weird game. So what's that going to look like? So How it, do we stack up? It, for me, it's either it's either going to be like we're going to like roll this game, where it's going to be like four to one for the loons, or it's going to be something really nervy and frustrating for everybody, and it's going to be a two-one Galaxy win or something like that. So, um, I, I lean towards the Galaxy because they have sh- shit to play for, and yeah. clearly this team you know, has shit to play for. They refuse to play for it. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, why would I expect this team to do anything else other than, you know, be a shit-ass team and not play for you are, you are ju- the You are a classic Minnesota sports fan. Yeah. Just the self-loathing. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It. I just, I, you know... It, it's yeah. It's either, it's either Minnesota's gonna blow his team out or they're gonna lose like two to one. I think two to one. I've I've got us down for a, a three to one loss. Um, and okay. so I have no idea what to expect player wise. Um, clearly he didn't look at the game against Colorado and say, well, it's time to rewrite the script entirely. We're out of the playoff chase. Let's think about 2019. Let's see what we've got in some of our fringe players. Didn't do that at all. So I'm not going to assume that by logic it's going to happen in this game. Um, so I don't know what to expect player-wise. Um, 
But what I do think and what I do expect is that what happened at the end of Colorado has become a serious boiling point that has built literally over the last two years. And I think the wheels are off now. I think that even when we have our best day, I think that chemistry gets affected. I think that confidence gets affected. I think that this is a team that plays similar to, you know, for instance, how we've seen San Jose play. I think that San Jose was an instance where the sum of the parts was way greater than the whole. These guys had no idea how to play together. Very poor coaching and tactics. And I think that's where we get now. We somehow become less than the, the sum of our parts. Really? Yes. All right. That makes sense. I think, no, the, that, I think the wheels are officially on. That makes now. God, the fact that uh, we're probably going to keep our coach for another year after this. Well, and our and our um, <laughs> our sporting director. and our sporting director yeah. and our general manager and all the, all the people. Um, man, hire Zeller. <sighs> yeah, hashtag hire Zeller. So you're so you're predicting a, a loss and so just three to one loss and like abject humility and and just the worst. yeah yeah I th- I think I think the wheels are off. Okay. Yep. Cool. 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 Um, do you want to make some picks? <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Okay. That was right. really happy. Wow, I really <laughs> love talking about that. Yeah, so uh, so last week uh, we had four games. Um, uh, we both predicted LAFC beating Houston Dynamo, which was a 4-2 victory for the Houston's another bad team. Yeah, we didn't talk about them. Bad. It was a really bad team. Uh, none, of, none of us predicted uh, Colorado beating Minnesota United 2-0. That was, that was bad. None of us predicted UC United beating FC Dallas. I don't know why we didn't, because... DC United at home with Wayne Rooney. They're good. And then uh, I predicted uh, New England beating Atlanta City uh, 2-0. So, moving along. Wait, did I not have New England winning? You did not. You had a draw. Oh. Yeah. Because as soon as you said that, I was like, well, Orlando City is terrible. (laughs) Okay, fine. Yeah. I'm stupid. All right. So, uh, DC United uh, hosting Toronto FC. I have DC United winning. Uh, I don't. I don't even want the score because I have DC two, United winning. Two, two to nothing, DC United. That's cool. Uh, Orlando City hosting Seattle Sounders. So there's a bunch of uh, midweek games. That's yeah. what we're doing yep. right now. So um, Seattle even on the road. I, I remember how I said Orlando City's bad. Yeah. Three to nothing, Seattle on the road. Yeah, I have Seattle. I have Seattle winning as well. Uh, Sporting KC uh, going to Vancouver. I also have Sporting KC winning. I I have a one one draw. Sporting is the better team, but I don't know why. I've got a hunch. Yeah. They have a bad yeah. day. Uh, RSL versus New England. I have a draw in this one. I got RSL winning two to one. Okay. My uh, Petkey. <laughs> Petkey. My man. Petkey pecking it up. Uh, DC United hosting NYCFC. I have DC United winning this game. One nothing. Two nothing. Two one. I don't know. <laughs> I've got two two. Um, you know, uh, d- New York has. They're not quite off the wagon, but they they've had a serious slump. Um, that said, they're still good. DC United is still not elite except for uh, except for Wayne Rooney. Two uh, two draw should be fun. Sounds good. Uh, Atlanta United host uh, Chicago Fire. Chicago Fire are terrible. Uh, I have Atlanta United winning uh, probably at least four to nothing. <laughs> three three to one Atlanta. Yeah. I have Montreal Impact host Toronto FC. Toronto FC, as we've determined, also terrible. I have Montreal Impact winning three to. One or two. Three, three to two, I have Montreal. There you go. All right, cool. Kills me the side yeah. with Montreal. Philadelphia versus New York Red Bulls. Uh, I have a draw here. I have a 1-1 one, one draw. 2-2 two, 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 two draw. Oh, damn it. 
Orlando City versus Columbus. I have Columbus winning on the road in Orlando, three uh, one. <laughs> Four to nothing on the road okay. win for Columbus. Uh, San Jose versus Crew are saved. We didn't mention that, What's that? in our news because it's not United News. Our, but yeah, they're not. But but we, they're not. They're not actually saved. No, no, they made a big deal about that. But it's a it's a great step. Is they've it? Ma- I think so. I think they've made a significant it, step toward a, an obvious intention to to make Columbus permanent. Is it really? I don't. Another podcast. That right. sounds yeah. like a Patreon. It sounds like a Patreon podcast. Uh, San Jose versus Colorado. I get a. These are the two worst teams in the world. Um, I have a like zero zero draw. I had zero zero as well. This can't be a good <laughs> game, can it? No. It can't by any right. Re- the only thing you could say is that a certain amount of ineptitude could free some amazing breaks on goal and some incredible blunders with a goalkeeper who just walks it into his own net. Anything could happen. Could be fun for that reason. Yeah. But this can't be pretty. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, LFC versus Vancouver. I have LFC winning, uh, say, 3-1. to one. I've got LFC winning 2-0. Uh, okay. FC Dallas versus Sporting Kansas City. This probably determines the... Uh, Western Conference uh, uh, top seed, and I have FC Dallas winning two to one. I have a two-two draw, and oh. this this will be a good game, one of the best okay. of the week. Yeah, probably. Uh, Portland versus Real Salt Lake. I have Portland winning three to one uh, at uh, at home. Yeah, I have the Hippies two to nothing. Yeah, uh, obviously Minnesota United and LA Galaxy. We have X- LA Galaxy winning Sunday game this week, and then the last game Houston. So we'll have extra rest. Yeah, yeah we will. Houston Dynamo. <laughs> Gonna make the difference. Yeah. Houston Dynamo versus LA, uh, Seattle Sounders. Uh, Houston Dynamo are really shit, but they are good at home. But I have Seattle Sounders winning 2 to 1. Houston. In Houston. Houston sucks all around. Uh, Seattle 3 to 1 on the road. Ooh, yeah, there you go. All right. Is anybody stupid enough to ask us any questions? Yeah, we have, we have three. Three people? Yeah, three people. That's probably just three uh, so from yeah, Andy. So he has the fucking answers. Um, uh, so at Jared uh, Katzmerich, progress-wise, do you consider the season a success? No. Hold on. Oh. What okay. should our goals be for next season? If Heath gets the axe, who should be who should we be aiming for in the off season? So, obviously, we don't consider the season a success. No, not at all. So, period. What should our goals be for next season? I mean, I think that. Well, go ahead. No, no, you know, you go first. This is lame. Nobody likes this, but I, I think the goals need to be more qualitative than quantitative. Uh, you know, people talking about a three-year plan and stuff like that. And the obviously, this would be three year three of the three-year plan. But in truth, we're at day one. Everything is needs to be reconsidered, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, what's going to be tough is that even if this team started to do all the right things, that success will not be instant and overnight because we've dug ourselves such a deep hole. It's, it's not as if we're just a couple of pieces away from the three-year plan coming to fruition. So even if next year goes really well and we make the right moves, we play the right players, we adopt a consistent tactical style, all these kinds of things, the results might not be there. So I think quali- uh, excuse me, uh, quantitatively, it wouldn't be a good idea to say we need 45 points next year it's a failure I, I, I don't think that's the right way to think about it what i do think is right is did we just do all those things i just said i talked about do we have a consistent tactical approach and we seem to be making consistent roster moves to support that approach 
Um, you know, do we see an improving situation between coach, whoever that is long term, and players where the coach has the players back and there seems to be a synergy and a symbiosis rather than antagonism? You know, these are all descriptive things, and if we can do them, we're moving in the right direction, and that will set us up for long term success. I don't need to set a target of 45 points next year. What does that mean if it's come by in a shitty way or, you know, by luck or any other thing? Oh, I'm going to say 48 points. <laughs> okay. 48 points. Uh, the and then, <laughs> another question. If he gets the axe, who should we be aiming for in the offseason? So, if Heath. Caleb Porter. Theoretically, got. Really? 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 I'd take Caleb Porter. What's your problem with Caleb Porter? I, uh, I don't. I don't really. I, I don't have. I don't think I have the time to talk about my issues with Caleb Porter, but well, let's page, Patreon podcast. Yeah, but maybe. but Caleb Porter has uh, consistent MLS success. Um, something that Adrian Heath, as we hired him, obviously did not. Um, and you have to look at what's available too, unless you want to go plundering from uh, you know exotic markets in South America. But and here's stuff like that. here's I mean, so the the, the most like the two most recent successful. Uh, coaches in MLS are Tata Martino and Bob Bradley. Both have international experience. They mm-hmm. have international ties. They know people mm-hmm. that are not in the American game. I, I want someone who's not tied to MLS. I want someone who's not tied to America. I don't That's know. I, and I don't know who that person is. So, um, all right. So, Harry Redknapp. <laughs> Uh, so at LaCribs uh, and our friend Andy, uh, <laughs> burning pod question. Let's say you're in ATL for a loons match. You become stuck on top of Megatron's butthole for 48 hours. Meanwhile, Atlanta officials offer you a choice between two bands to play for you nonstop until the chopper arrives. Which band do you choose, Bush or Hole? I mean, obviously the answer is Hole. I was going to say Bush. Really? Yeah. God, you have terrible music taste. Well, yeah, you knew that. I know. I mean, Courtney Love's... I, I mean, I kind of love Courtney Love. Oh, terrible. She's fucking amazing. Courtney Love sucks so much. Amazing. Anyway, let's move, let's move on <laughs> to the last question. Uh, at, at Carl Arthur Bates, uh, what player this season has, has surprised you the most and exceeded your expectations? And what player's performance have you been most disappointed with this season well thanks carl for asking a normal question yeah. uh, that we can actually sink our yeah. teeth into appreciate that um exceeded expectations miguel ibarra and uh we absolutely s- yeah. we give a lot of superlatives yeah. about guys but for, for part of it's easy because nobody or very few people have given a truly outstanding performance this year so you yeah. almost have to look toward the few who have and miguel ibarra has been pretty consistently strong his effort has been there i've been so excited to see him get the minutes that he's getting he's uh played successfully in multiple different roles this year um it's uh it's been a resurgence and he's found he's found himself on the at least on the assist uh, sheet not so much on the scoring sheet but certainly feeding assists and stuff he's found a great synergy with uh with darwin quintero um it's been exciting yeah i mean i would i would yeah miguel Barra for sure I would actually honestly say uh, Darwin Quintero because Darwin Quintero has been linked to MLS for several years mm-hmm. and never, never, like it never came to fruition. 
until Minnesota sealed the deal. Um, but he's been, you know, Darwin Gantero has been kind of a revelation in MLS and what he can do. Um, and there was injury fears too. He came in yeah. off a long-term injury and said, is he going to be Darwin Quintero of old? He's been more than that. He's been yeah. great. He's been fantastic. So yeah. So I mean, yeah, Miguel Barra and, and Darwin Quintero are, are very much uh, in that, in that, in that realm. Um, in terms of uh, the uh, disappointing for ML, for Minnesota and MLS, I don't know. Uh, Fernando Bob has, has kind of been disappointing. Like, I'm really, I mean, well, what's should strike that reverse? I'd, Alexi Gomez is terrible and should never be on MLS roster ever again. I had Alexi Gomez as the most the most <laughs> disappointing, and so so I, I'm trying to think about because you, you know obviously for instance the defense has been really poor. Do you want to say Francisco Calvo who? You know, he has certain assets, but he's the last guy on the field that you want making oh, yeah. that last moment decision in the blink of an eye. You know, so he, he hasn't had a great year. Michael Boxall and Brent Coleman are serviceable backups in MLS. Um, they haven't been great, but I don't think that we're talking about expectations, right? I don't think we ever expected Michael Boxall all of a sudden to be Axel Schoberg, for instance. Alexi Gomez, the expectations were much higher, and he failed them to a much deeper and darker degree <laughs> yes. what, what is he at 22 games now nothing on the score sheet yeah neither an assist nor a 1300 goal minutes and nothing no, no, nothing nothing on the score sheet that yeah. and, and and it looks that way too it's, it's not one of those yeah. things where you're like well you know he he makes these great runs that pull people around to make space for others and what he does with his movement he's Kyrie shelton he's not no he's, he's not, not doing that yeah. either uh and he's been at, he, he and he he's poor at tracking back and my opinion too so he doesn't he doesn't have like sort of uh non-counting benefits that's fair so yeah, yeah it's got to be Gomez. all right so that's it uh you know you can find us always at davesno.com uh you can email us at davesnomn at gmail.com you can find me at texas zeller you can find other david at regular david uh, on twitter uh, at tdikabman on twitter um that's pretty much about it got any other any other no, I'm I'm excited to record this Patreon pod. If you're not oh, a Patreon, oh Patreon, yeah, Patreon podcast coming up. So go to uh, Patreon.com backslash the Daves I know or or forward slash I don't even know what the fuck it is. <laughs> Patreon.com dot com slash the Daves I know, uh, and you can subscribe. It'll and you be can, a treat. We're we're gonna we're gonna watch demolition. We should have gotten some Taco Bell. Uh, God damn it, we did not. We screwed right. it up. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it next time. All right, All right. hey, this is the Dave. What do I say at the end? We are the Daves you know. This, this has been the Daves, Daves I know. I know. Land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Who the act we attract to hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.